Good morning, and welcome to The Journal. We're bringing you an extra episode for the election. The polls have long been closed, the ballots are still being counted, and we don't have a result. It's 6 a.m. Eastern time. For the last 10 hours, we've been watching the results come in. And President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden are in a tight race. Neither has enough votes to win the Electoral College. And there are a number of states that are too early to call. It's been a long night. I want to thank the American people for their tremendous support. Millions and millions of people voted for us tonight. I'm here to tell you tonight, we believe we're on track to win this election. We won the great state of Ohio. We also just called it for Minnesota. We won Texas. We won Texas. We're feeling real good about Wisconsin and Michigan. Coming up on the show, how election night played out and what the lack of a clear winner will mean in the days ahead. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, November 4th. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Okay, so it's just before five o'clock on election night, and I'm walking down 17th Street. The Wall Street Journal had reporters with both presidential campaigns last night. Andrew Restuccia was with Trump's campaign at the White House. The National Park Service has erected about 10-foot barricades around the entirety of the White House complex. Security is higher than it normally is in in an already pretty secure area. Seeing lots of people out in the streets most wearing masks, lots of police officers. I just got out of my lift, and I'm getting ready to settle in at the White House for what's expected to be a pretty long night. Um, So yeah, we'll stay in touch. While Andrew was settling in at the White House, Ken Thomas, who covers Joe Biden, was about 100 miles away. It's uh, 7.30 here on the East Coast, and... Right now, uh, I'm staying at a hotel that's connected to the Chase Center in Wilmington, Delaware. That's where uh, Vice President Biden will be speaking later tonight. But, you know, we're still a ways off. Right now, uh, Joe Biden is uh, watching the election results with his family. He is at his home here in Wilmington. And, you know, we're, we're just getting some of the early results from Florida and, and some of the uh, early reporting states. So, Still a lot of unanswered questions and a long way to go tonight. One looming question was whether the pandemic that's killed 230,000 Americans and the economic downturn would give Joe Biden an edge over Donald Trump. But as the results started rolling in over at the White House, the Trump campaign didn't seem concerned. Here's Andrew. The president and his top advisors are projecting confidence. They think... And they hope that 
a lot of their supporters will come out and vote in person today. They think that it's going to be a surprise for all uh, those pollsters who are saying that the former Vice President Biden is way out ahead in, in national polls. They say the president surprised the country once and he's prepared to do it again this time. So it's about seven o'clock on election night, just as the first polls are closing. Uh, we're learning that the president is expected to address about 200 of his supporters who are gathered in the East Room for a sort of election night party tonight. And at the same time, in the Eisenhower Executive Office Building, which is right next to the White House, Trump's top campaign advisors have set up a war room where they're going through election results and briefing the president on them as results become available. So it's uh, a little after 10 o'clock here in Wilmington. I'm outside the hotel that's connected to the Chase Center. And right now it's really just a wait and see. I, I think the country and the press corps to a certain extent feels like they're in limbo as we uh, await the results and see whether we're going to see candidates tonight trying to frame the election results, which up to this point are extremely inconclusive. As Ken and Andrew waited for the results with the campaigns, our political reporter, Rebecca Ballhouse, was also suspended in time. So how is election night treating you so far? Well, it feels like 3 in the morning, and it's only 11 p.m., so it's going well. (laughs) What is your role tonight? I am manning our live blog with my colleague, Julie Bikewitz, and we are writing on the updates of what's happening in these key states and doing some analysis on some of the trends that we're seeing tonight. What was the first thing you saw tonight that signaled to you that it was going to be a long night? Florida is really when we knew Florida was clearly the state that the Trump campaign felt most confident about going into tonight. And it became clear pretty quickly that it was going to be, in the best case scenario for Biden, a really tight race and that it was really most likely going to go to Trump. And I think the only way that we were really going to have a Biden victory and no tonight was going to be if he won Florida and then looked to be vastly ahead in the other states. And it was pretty quickly clear that that was not going to happen. So we're talking to you right now. It's 11 p.m. Eastern. What's the top line of election night so far? I think the top line is Trump winning Florida by a larger margin than he did in 2016. And just that the race is so much tighter than anybody predicted. And I think it's once again going to sort of create a crisis of confidence in these polls, which we're predicting for months now that Biden had an upper hand. Do you think you'll be going to sleep tonight? (laughs) I think I will not be going to sleep tonight before three would be my prediction. I would love to get some sleep in that window, but I guess we'll see how it goes. (laughs) So it's a little after midnight, and I just got an email from the Biden campaign telling me that it's time to gather. It looks like we're going to get a little action uh, We should know more soon. We'll be right back.
This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. After Ken received that email saying Biden would be speaking, he went out to where the speech would take place. So we're in place now in the parking lot of the Chase Center. There are jumbo screens throughout the parking lot, and people are listening to the MSNBC feed right now, which, you know, is describing a a, a very, very tight uh, election. There are, looks like about 300 cars that are parked here waiting for uh, the former Vice President Joe Biden to come out to address his supporters. I'm here to tell you tonight, we believe we're on track to win this election. We knew because of the unprecedented early vote and the mail-in vote, that's going to take a while. We're going to have to be patient until we, uh, the hard work of tallying the votes is finished. And it ain't over till every vote is counted, every ballot is counted. So, Rebecca, what is the message that Biden was sending in his remarks? He's trying to reassure his supporters. He's saying, you know, it's not over till every vote is counted. We feel good about where we are. He said he feels like we're on track to win. And he laid out a couple states that he feels good about, namely Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And he said that he was still in the game in Georgia. We talked with you at 11. It's now 2 a.m. What has changed? What has changed, I think, is Arizona. So we talked at 11, and I think at that point it seemed like it was certainly a much worse night than Democrats had hoped for. Uh, I think there's no question about that, and I think that's still the case. Um, But it was also looking increasingly like Biden's paths to a possible victory were narrowing. He had looked like he, you know, he was going to lose Florida, which since then the AP has called Florida for Trump. Uh, it had looked like maybe he would eke out a win in North Carolina and Ohio, but it was looking increasingly less like that was going to happen. When I went downstairs after talking to you guys at 11, I saw that Fox had called Arizona for Biden. And I think really that call in Arizona makes all the difference for Biden because it gives him a lot more leeway. Whereas before it was that he had to win basically every remaining battleground state. Now he only needs to win two of the three. Two hours after Biden made a speech, our White House reporter Andrew and the Trump campaign party got ready to hear from the president. So we're here now in this East Rim. Uh, probably a couple hundred people here. 
You can hear Fox News playing on two screens in the background. And there's a stage set up with several American flags. And then President Trump took the stage. We won states that we weren't expected to win. Florida, we didn't win it. We won it by a lot. Rebecca, what else did the president say in his speech? Trump basically indicated that he is not going to go down without a fight. And I think that his tone was pretty notable because at this point, you know, there are still some promising things for Biden. There's definitely still a path to victory for him. But I don't think that anyone thinks it's a slam dunk for Biden from here on out. And Trump's remarks, he went up there at 2.20 in the morning, suggested basically that Democrats were trying to steal the election from him, called it a fraud on the American public, and indicated that he basically does not intend to accept the results of the election. He also said that he had won states, states that had not yet been called, where not all the ballots had been counted. What is the significance of that? So this is something that people have been warning about for a while because the president has really been telegraphing for months now that if he didn't win the election, that he intended to challenge that outcome. So he's been asked repeatedly in the last couple of months if he would commit to a peaceful transfer of power. And he, on each occasion, has declined to just blanket commit to that. So... I think the fact that he's saying here, you know, prematurely saying that he feels like he's effectively won the election, I mean, that's just not how it works in a democracy. We haven't had that situation where a president has declared himself the winner before a winner has been called and indicated that even if he isn't declared the winner, that he intends to fight that outcome. That's just not how that usually works in the U.S. And he promised to take that fight to the Supreme Court. That's right. The president has certainly indicated that he plans to pursue a court case that would ultimately end up in the Supreme Court. I don't know that that is necessarily up to him, but that's, of course, very significant because he just confirmed a Supreme Court justice. And during the confirmation process for Amy Coney Barrett, he sort of indicated that he had the challenging of the election outcome in mind in trying to rush her confirmation process. So it's 2.45 in the morning, and a lot of people will be waking up to this news that we don't yet know who has won the election. And they'll be trying to understand what it means and what they should take from it. What would you say to them? It seems from this point at 2.45 in the morning that there is a possibility that by the end of Wednesday, we could know or at least have a much clearer picture of who the winner might be. At this point, it could really go for either candidate. So that's one thing. The other thing is just, I think, to keep in mind what an unprecedented election this is, that people are voting at record levels of turnout during a pandemic. And so I think people do have to just be patient, let the process unfold. So now, what states does this race hinge on? I would say three major states. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania 
Trump won all three of those states in 2016. And I would say that he has focused on all of them in his re-election campaign, but he's really focused on Pennsylvania. And I think we've heard some concerns from the Biden side about whether they're going to be able to win Pennsylvania this time. So if Biden wins Wisconsin and Michigan, he can afford to lose Pennsylvania. When can we expect results from Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania? So that is a tricky question. Pennsylvania, they've said that it could be until later this week, but I believe they are counting votes through the night, so it could come faster than that. Wisconsin's chief election official says that they uh, expect to have unofficial results later today, so Wednesday. And in Michigan, they've said that they expect to also have a clear picture of the unofficial results sometime today. So, you know, it should be sometime in the mid-afternoon. I think we have really gotten indications so far that with a few exceptions, things are going more smoothly than some of the worst case scenarios that election officials were predicting. So I think take it slow, disregard the comments about confidence in the election outcome really from both sides, but certainly the premature declarations of victory and just let the process play out. That's all for this special election episode of The Journal. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later this afternoon. See you then.